Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Well, it's good to be here, it's good to be alive, and it's good to see each and every one of you. I'm excited to be here tonight, and uh, so we just came off of grandparent duty for a few days, and we had to do that. (laughs) We get to do that, yeah. So, um, So it's good to be back, and we are going to be here this Sunday, and I understand that, that I'm going to be available to sign some books. So if you've already picked one up, if you bring it, I'll be happy to, to do that. You know, now that I'm an international author, you know. <laughs> oh, praise God. We're just happy to be able to, uh, to help people. You know, we all have a story, don't we? I think, I think, you know, we all want to minimize, or Satan wants to minimize the impact <clears throat> that our story has. And we all have a story. We all have, you know, really, what is a testimony? A testimony is just telling what the Lord has done in your life. And, uh, and, and we all, we, I mean, we ought to. If, you've, if you got saved... You got a testimony, right? I mean, if you're if you're truly saved, then you passed from death to life. That's a pretty powerful experience, amen. So you you've got, I mean, wow! Look what the Lord has done, huh? He's he's done amazing things. So before I get going here, do you have anything to share, dear? Just good to be home. It's good to be home. It sure is. It's good to be home. So, well, how many of you brought your leather Bibles or your electronic device with you tonight? So, that's good. Praise God. And, uh, you know, I almost slipped in tonight without having the uh, overhead scriptures. They are going to be there tonight. I didn't have them last week, but I think that was good because, you know, we, we have to dig in and find these scriptures in our Bible, you know. So even though we're going to have an assist tonight up here, I still encourage you to do that, you know. And uh, I kind of miss those underlying highlight days and, uh, you know, when you had the dog-eared Bible and, and, and all of that. But at any rate, if you'd hold up your Bible tonight, as we get ready to hear God's Word, let's get our hearts ready to receive, amen, what He'd say to us. So let's say this together. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Tonight my mind is alert. My heart is open, and I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, unchangeable, ever-living, powerful, dynamic, sin-busting, 
<laughs> Amen. Word of, God. word of God. Having heard God's word, heard God's word. I'll, never I'll never be the same. Never, never. never, never. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You did a good job on that. So tonight, I'm going to uh, wrap up uh, the, uh, the message that I began last week talking about getting into God's presence. And as a scripture that uh, I springboarded from, uh, we looked in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 7 and verse number 89. Numbers chapter 7 and verse number 89. I shared with you as we began this message that... um, In my own personal devotion time, I will take notes, and I have a little plan that I use that uh, goes through each of seven different sections of the Bible. And very seldom of late uh, do I get through each section because I just many times get, you know, You start to read, and God will start showing you things, and before you know it, you know, time goes on. Uh, But I would encourage you, and that's kind of what we're talking about in this, is uh, having a place and a time where we meet with God, because he wants to speak to us. And this is what this passage uh, deals with here in Numbers chapter 7, verse number 89, it says, Now when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, or speak with God, he heard, or Moses heard, the voice of one speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, thus he spoke to him. Now, that's a powerful, uh, powerful passage of Scripture uh, that, that speaks to us of the fact that God spoke with Moses. And uh, there was some preparation that went into this meeting place that God had given him a description, told him to construct, and there was a designated meeting place, uh, and God wanted to meet with Moses to speak to him. Isn't that powerful? And uh, Moses heard God. And God spoke to him from above the mercy seat. From above the mercy seat. Isn't that, isn't that, that's a powerful illustration to us, that when we come to God, we come through Jesus, who's our mercy seat. You know, we don't come uh, to God because, you know, our, we're not going to come to him if we think he's vengeful or angry. What a beautiful picture this is, that, you know, that it, it, it lays, lays down our, our fear. Now, we ought to have a respect for him. I mean, that, there's a difference. You know, when the Bible talks about the fear of God, in the context, when we look at he wants us to come through his mercy seat, well, what does that mean? 
what it means is having a proper respect for him. You know, not understanding. We get to come, you know, to enter the very presence of the creator of the universe, you know, of, of the God who is the judge of all. And he, he beckons and encourages us to come uh, through the mercy seat, but that, that is not a, you know, uh, we certainly should understand the importance of having a proper respect, proper protocol, uh, proper respect for him for who he is. And uh, so one of the things that, uh, that we see as we look at this passage of Scripture is there was some preparation that went in uh, certain, they brought certain gifts and offerings in the prayer. If you read that whole chapter, there was a preparation that was made in obedience to God's instruction uh, before they came into his presence. And when they did, you know, God wanted to speak with them, and he certainly did. So one of the questions that I left us with is, you know, do you have that do you have that place? Do you have a place where you meet intentionally with God? There are certain things. This, this tabernacle that was designed, this was for this period under the Old Testament. And uh, we have a much better covenant. We have, you know, this was only Moses was able to come into God's presence. But now, we, each and every one of us, because of, because of the new birth, can come into God's, into God's presence and we can meet with him. And uh, don't turn there, but in Acts chapter 13, we see the, the New Testament church in Acts chapter 13. They gathered together to pray, to, to, to seek God, and God spoke. God said, separate for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have for them. So the principle of, you know, having a, having a designated place, getting alone, and, 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 and uh, being intentional about wanting to come into God's presence, and then him speaking to us, that principle holds true. You know, we don't have to go to a specific tabernacle. We don't have to. There's not just one person. Every one of us have this privilege. But I am convinced that our biggest challenge today is distraction. I mean, I mean I'll even, you know, I, I do a lot of my work on my iPad, you know, and I'll be reading uh, a scripture, you know, reading something on there. And then I'll flip over, and then all of us, oh, there's the news. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, oh, look, at this is in the news. And before you know it, you know, your mind's going way over here. And I, I think it's not, you know, some major sin that we're going to go over the cliff on. It's just distractions, distractions. Now, again, listen, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. You know what I mean by that? You're all here on a Wednesday night. So you guys made some decisions, you know, that I'm going to 
you know, turn off the tube or the news or whatever it is, but I want to meet with him tonight. So, so, uh, so when we come to the New Testament, again, we see this principle, we come to God, we, we have a meeting place, we come through the mercy seat and we come to the New Testament and it's not a designate, it can be anywhere. You could have your prayer room in your basement or what, you know, in your bathroom, whatever works for you, wherever you want to meet with him. But, but you know, the, the thing that's important is I want to meet with him. So um, go with me. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to go to the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and there's some... Um, God bless you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And so there's some things, there's some things that we can learn. And what we're talking about in this message is how important it is, is to regularly come into his presence. Regularly meet with him. Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, we're not talking about, uh, you know, hours and hours, you know, but just a regular time where, you know what, I, I'm going to get alone with God. I'm going to uh, quiet my heart. Uh, you know, the other thing about this tabernacle was God spoke inside of that tabernacle was the, was the testimony. That was the, the written word of God. You know, the primary way that God will speak to us is through his written word. Some people say, well, you know, God never speaks to me. Yeah, yeah, he does. The primary way that he will speak to you is through his word. It just, you know, have you ever had that experience where you all, all of a sudden you're reading the scripture and wow, you know, it's just, you know, it's like it lights up or it just resonates in your heart. You know, you know, heaven's God speaking to you, you know. And um, so getting into his presence regularly is important because look what, well, look what the scripture tells us here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse, uh, verse number 6. I'm in 2 Corinthians. But that's okay. I have an overhead. <laughs> so let me read. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples. Examples. They were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So, you know, 
if, if you've ever, uh, you know, looked at some of these things that you read about in the Old Testament, you say, man, that, could, that would never happen to me. That would, you know, I would never go that direction. That's exactly why he's, why he's writing this. Therefore, verse 12, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest, lest he follow. So uh, we have, a, I, I want to look at an, an example. It, listen, I know how getting into God's presence sort of recalibrates your life. You know what I'm talking about? When you can be a Christian, but listen, we're still in flesh and blood bodies. Okay, we still have like passions. You know, the Bible says that Elijah was a, he was a person like us, subject to like passions. So we're still in human bodies. We still are susceptible to all these different all these different things, and and. And what he's saying here is, don't think you can, you can strike out on your own, you know, without the Lord, without this divine ongoing connection with him, and you're going to maintain a steady course, because before you realize it, you end up off in a ditch someplace else. And I want to look at an example of that. We just looked at this passage of Scripture that says, you know, all these, these Old Testament examples are there to help us. You know, sometimes people think, well, you know, we don't, live, we don't live there anymore. We don't need the Old Testament. We just need, you know, just certain books of the New Testament. No, we need all of the Word of God. We need all of the Word of God. And I, I want to look at, I find this example amazing when I look at this. And this is, this is about Solomon. If you go with me to 1 Kings chapter 10. I just, this just really amazes me when I read this because I think how in the world could this happen to this guy? 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 23. And uh, 1 Kings 10, 23. King Solomon, now you know, the, the history, King Solomon was David's son. And David, you know, David went through all kinds of things. David made some pretty bad mistakes. But the thing about David was that he, even though he made some pretty bad blunders, committed some pretty heinous sins, he always reconnected. He always, uh, you know, sought his relationship and worked through even the even the when he made a, a pretty t- terrible uh, committed a pretty terrible sin he was oh he was in fact God says of David he was a man after God's heart he was a man after God's heart and and I think that's what God's wanting from all of us you know he doesn't want us to go on remote control or, you know, or strike out on our own. That's really, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about why it is important to, uh, to regularly uh, come back into, uh, into his presence and, and connect and hear, hear what he has to say. 
you know, there are, even today, uh, one of the things that, that I, I think is, is dangerous for young ministers, you know, you can download somebody else's sermon today, you can get somebody else's quote today, you can put together things that, you know, really sound pretty, pretty neat, but if your heart is disconnected from God, it's not, it's not going to go anywhere. You know, the most important thing, not only for a, a preacher, but for every believer, it's our privilege to come before God and hear from heaven and have him speak into our heart and into our life. Amen. That's, that's I mean, that's what, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this, that as, as we're growing up, somebody you know, as we're getting started in our Christian walk, we need people to pray for us, and we need people to help us along and encourage us. But, you know, there comes a time when God wants us to grow up and, and to take our place and to know our position. And, to, and God wants to have a, a, a not a, a, a child relationship, I mean, we'll always be his child in one sense, but he wants us, he wants us to be sons and daughters, a, a mature relationship with him. That's what he desires. And uh, so, so one of the things that's important about that is it keeps you, as you regularly come before him and into his presence, it keeps you, it keeps you uh, heading in the right direction. Look at King Solomon here. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 23. So King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. Isn't that something? I mean, he was the richest guy. I mean, he beat, you know, Bill Gates or Donald Trump or whoever. All right. And, and um, verse 24, Now all the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put into his heart. Each man brought his present articles of silver, gold, uh, etc., etc., year by year. Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king at Jerusalem. The king, listen to this, verse 20. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones. He made silver as common in Jerusalem, and he made cedar trees as abundant as the sycamores, which are in the lowlands. And this guy, this guy was, he had it going for him. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And, uh, but then you go down just to the next chapter, in chapter 11, and verse number 4. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went as, after Astra, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Mulcom, the abomination of the Amorites, Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he did not follow the Lord as did his father David. 
Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab. Now, most of these, uh, these gods, the practice, uh, the worship practice uh, for most of these gods was sexual oriented somehow. They had priests and priests, had sodomites, they had, I mean, this was just, uh, this was just pretty bad stuff. Now think about, think about Solomon from him ascending to that height. I mean, the incredible blessing, the incredible wealth and everything he, that he had, but eventually he began to soften in his, in his pursuit, in his intentional pursuit of the heart of God, and he could just he got distracted with all these other things in his life. Uh, verse 6, Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Shemoth, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that was east of Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the people of the Ammon, and he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burnt incense and sacrifice to their to their gods. So that's a that's pretty talk about you know leakage or or the creep creepage of the heart in the wrong direction. And that's exactly what happened to to Solomon. And I want you to look at what Solomon had written in his younger years. You know, this, this, this slippage in his life happened over a period of time. You know, he began to, rather than pursue uh, God's directives, as clearly laid out to him, he began to pursue these alliances with with these other nations. I mean, it amazes me when I think about this, how God brought Israel out of Egypt. And we're going to be there. We're going to be uh, in Egypt and and up through the Sinai, kind of the, the, the uh, passageway that Israel took into the promised land. I mean, here, these people were slaves. And God miraculously delivered them from Egyptians, Egyptian slavery. And, and, you know, Solomon is, is like the pinnacle, the greatness of the nation. But because of gradual slippage, heart slippage. And, uh, and look where he's at. Look, where, look what he writes earlier in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs uh, chapter 4, verse 20 through 27. This was written by Solomon in his earlier days. This is instruction that he gives to his son. And it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Look at this. Look what he says. This is Solomon writing this. Keep your heart with all diligence. 
Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put away perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes, excuse me, look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. In other words, don't lose your focus. See? And uh, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Now, did Solomon make this incredible turnaround overnight? No, not at all. It was, it was just gradual. It was really, I mean, think about it. Think about everything. I mean, he had how many wives? I'm not blaming his wives. I'm blaming the fact that, I mean, how's a guy like that going to stay focused? You know? <laughs> and... And so, you know, there, there, are some things, there are some things that we have to say yes to and no to. Right? And, and we've, got to, we've got to, the Bible says we've got to fight the good fight of faith. We have to lay hold on eternal life. So, so I, I, I just, I think, wow. Wow, getting getting into his presence, how important it is. You know, um, you know, God, a lot of times it's just little things. You know, he may, he may say, you know, uh, call you on something, you know, stop doing this or do this or, or whatever, just the little things. It's the little things. You know, Solomon got way off because of uh, little things over a long period of time, but if we'll if we'll make those course adjustments, and we've all heard this as an analogy, you know, if you if, if an airplane takes off from you know Los Angeles, let's say, and there's a wind, just a slight wind, a prevailing wind, and there's not a course adjustment that's made, you're going to end up, you know, you're going to miss your mark. You may be flying to New York and you end up, you know, Halifax or, you know, the Caribbean. Oh, wouldn't that be tough? <laughs> right? But, 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 that's, but, that's, but that's the way, that's the way, uh, that's the way our Christian walk is. Um, and, um, Let's, I'm going to jump over, uh, and um, I just want to go to Revelation chapter 2. I want to, you to see this, and, and uh, again, this is, this is a, these are principles that transcend old or new covenant. These are, these are principles that are to be applied just as much today as, as they were in the Old Testament period. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 1. Here, this is Jesus speaking to the church at Ephesus. 
And this was, a, this was a New Testament church, obviously, the church at Ephesus. And here's Jesus speaking to the church, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? These things said he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I love that. That means, you know, Jesus is walking through the midst of his church. He's walking through the, through the midst of his church. He's walking into your personal time alone with him speaking into your life because, you know, you've prepared the tabernacle of your heart and he's wanting to speak to you just as he spoke to Moses. And he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and those who cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars, and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Now, I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting. In Solomon's case, it was, you know, sort of carnal things that captivated his attention and his heart. And here, Jesus is speaking to the Ephesian church, and for the Ephesian church, it was like, you know, where, where they needed to make a course correction, they're, they're fighting against stuff, but in the midst of doing that, they lost their love, their first love. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my own personal time when maybe I've got, you know, a hair or, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm irritated about something. Or whatever, you know, something eating eating away, angry. Maybe Pam cooked my eggs and didn't flip them right, or, or you know, or she didn't butter my toast. Or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, just something stupid. And you get, and you get along with God, and it's like, oh my God, you're an idiot, Jim. You know? You know what I'm saying? We, we, these these things can start sticking in our in our life, you know. And well, I'm blessed God, I'm doing the work, but my, where's my love? You know, so, so getting into his presence, getting alone, you know, with him. I mean, it's just so important because, you know, Satan, he goes about, he wants to capture our heart any way that he can. Any way that he can, if he can get a hold of your heart and steer it in this direction or steered in that direction, or whatever, you know, you just, you just, we just, it's just a way of life. In fact, that's what the scripture says, that the the instruction is the way of life from the word of God as we spend time with him. Uh, I said that was the last scripture, but I I repent because I didn't tell you the truth. (laughs) Um, just go with me to 1 Corinthians 6 and 12 1 Corinthians 6 and 12 and we'll we'll end with that 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 12 thank God for Jesus amen 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 12 Here's, here's here's a the greatest apostle the greatest apostle 
and, and we get an insight into his heart, his manner of life, his determination not to allow things to stick to him or not to allow his heart to, to be, you know, to go in the, wrong, in the wrong direction. Look what he says here in verse 12. He says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me. In other words, what he's saying here, you know, uh, you know there's things that I could do that I choose not to do because it's not going to be helpful. You know, there are, there are a lot of people who live with the mindset, well, bless God, I can, I can do, you know, I can do whatever I want because I'm, I'm under grace. <laughs> but that's a, but that's, a lot, that's a mindset a lot of people have. But, you know, is it, is, has the Lord put a check? Has he put his finger in that area? What's the Lord saying to you? See, we, can, uh, we all can have examples in our Christian walk, but we all, primarily, we need to be hearing from heaven. And Paul said, listen, uh, there are things that are lawful for me, but, all th- but it's things that are not helpful. There are things that are lawful, but I'm not going to be brought under the power of anything. I'm not going to be brought under the power and that's kind of what happened to Solomon, wasn't it? So that's what, what, kind of what happened to Solomon. Very slowly, it's just like a, you, you know, you watch a spider makes their web. You know, one little, one little strand, you know, no big deal, two, and so on and so on. But after a while, after a while, it becomes very strong. Paul says, that's not going to happen in my life. I'm going to be a God pursuer. I am going to... I am going to, to walk in the light of, of his word and, and, and the way that I continue to make these heart adjustments so that I don't end up way over here. And believe me, we've been in ministry long enough that we've seen people that have lost their focus. And you, know, and, and they, and you go, oh my God, how'd they end up way over here? Okay, well, it, it doesn't happen overnight it happens a little bit at a time all things are, but I'll not be brought under the power of anything man I love that there's such freedom there's there's such such a, a joy that comes from maintaining that mindset and that walk with the Lord so stand with me tonight let's just uh, let's lift our hands toward heaven and we're going to just practice his presence, practice his presence, and let's just lift our hands to him. Father, we worship you tonight. We give you praise and we give you glory. Hallelujah. I worship you tonight, Lord. I want you just to personally speak to the Lord. God, we just give you the glory tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. Thank you, Lord, so much that you care about us. You said, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And Lord, we remember the joy of our salvation. We remember the joy, Lord, when we first came to know you. Father, thank you that you that have begun a good work in our life. 
Hallelujah. You're going to maintain it. You're going to sustain it. And Lord, we covenant with you tonight, Lord, to pursue hard after you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You desire to meet with us. You desire to speak into our hearts and into our lives, just as you did with Moses. And so, Lord, we bless you tonight. We praise you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. And Lord, thank you. You give us opportunities to share what the Lord has done. Thank you, Father. We're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. And so, Lord, thank you. You use us as a testimony. People will look at our life and say, what's different about you? Tell me how I can have what you have in your life. And so, Lord, we praise you. And we give you alone all of the glory, all of the praise. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Blessed be thy wonderful name. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Lord Jesus, we honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed, should there be anyone here this evening, you have never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Man, what, a, what an amazing opportunity that God gives us to come into a right relationship with him. The Bible says unless... A man or a woman is born from above. They cannot see the kingdom of God. And God desires, just as he uh, desired to meet with Moses, he wants to meet with each and every human being on the face of this earth. But we come to him through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never made that decision to receive the gift of life through Jesus, we'd love to pray with you this evening. And... uh, I can't think of a better time or a place than right now to do that. Is there anyone this evening who say, you know, Pastor, I've never received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I'd like to, I'd like to pray that prayer tonight? Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. All right. I, is there anyone here this evening that you have a physical need in your body? The Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. I believe in the healing power of God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I believe in the healing power of God. We were, we were someplace recently and, and um, you know, aren't you... Aren't you glad, you know, knowledge? The Bible says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And we were someplace and, and uh, a, a, a person had said, a pastor, well, I don't believe in that healing stuff. <laughs> I believe in that healing stuff. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So is there anyone here tonight, you have a need in your body because, all right, I want those of you that to uh, around these folks, go ahead and lay hands on them. The Bible says, they shall lay hands on the sick. 
So if you are a they, you qualify to do this tonight. Amen? They, it doesn't say pastors and doesn't say, it says believers. It's the believer's ministry. So Father, in accordance with your word, tonight we lay hands on these individuals. Lord, we thank you tonight as you have beckoned us to come into your presence and we have done that. Lord, we thank you now that again, in accordance with your word, you said if we would lay hands on the sick, they would recover. We speak to these bodies now in Jesus' name. Lord, let your power flow in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you drive out sickness and disease. Thank you, Lord. You do creative works in their bodies. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening them with might and power in their inner being. And God, we thank you for miracle working power. If there needs to be a creative miracle, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. You do exceeding above and beyond what we can ask. And God, we are thanking you for it right now. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. I want you to say with me, I believe I receive the healing power of God in my body. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to say one more prayer. Those of you that uh, brought an offering this evening, Father, we thank you that your word says give and it shall be given to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you that gift and giver are blessed. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Love you. Praise God. Thank God for Jesus. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.